out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my friend Amanda. This is really exciting because Amanda is starting her own podcast and we agreed to do this talk as part of me showing her a bit about how this whole thing works. I found it interesting to hear how Amanda not only went from the Great Karua to Silicon Valley, but also how she maneuvered her way from Amanda to Mandy and back to Amanda again. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Amanda's story. Sit back and enjoy. Some people call you Mandy. Yes. <laughs> I, I know you as Amanda. As Amanda. Yeah, Amanda is the, the real name and then I went to England and I became Amanda and then a bunch of friends started calling me Mandy and then my husband was, I was introduced as Mandy and so ah. for years and years and years, even in America I was called Mandy and then 13 years later back to South Africa I'm back to Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're Amanda. <laughs> I'm Amanda. You and your husband met in in London. In London. Yes. Okay, I thought you met in America. No, so, we met in London. First of all, you are from uh, the Karua, the, the middle, the, the middle of the Karua. Karua. The Williston, on the other side of Calvinia, between Calvinia, Freiburg, Sutherland, Carnarvon, Brandfly, <laughs> the heart of the Groot Karua. That's yes. sheep country. Yes. That's sheep. mutton sheep. Yes. Real Best real. lamb. Victoria West and Williston was voted best lamb in the country three years ago. Okay. It's in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> if you doubt it, go to the star. Or the, go or the check white it out. Yeah, there was a voting <laughs> of some sort. Go- Google it and you'll find the proof. We're not yeah. lying. This is a, a podcast of honesty. We don't tell lies. <laughs> I hope so, so. What was your maiden name? Langner. In Afrikaans, Langner. There's an N after the G as well. It's not Bernard Langer. It's Langner. How the hell did that happen? That sounds German. So it is German. There's only one family in South Africa with this last name. We, so when I see another Langner somewhere, that's family. But yeah, I know. So I don't know how long it's going to keep going. But um, yeah. Is there a brother? Is. There's a brother. Okay. Yeah, there is a brother. And is there a boy? And there's a boy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Poor, poor. <laughs> I don't know what your name is, but you have all my sympathy. The responsibility yeah. on your on your shoulders. I gave my kids the, their middle name, so in a, they were born in America. So you have to have a middle name or middle initial oh, yes. in America. So both my kids' middle initial is L for Langner, so oh, okay. they they both have the same middle name. What do you mean you have to? Well, it's sort of um, they work on. Sometimes there's a, a code, a work code, and then you have to use three letters. So. I'm only Amanda Fisser, so I had to create a letter. Oh, my word. So I'm ALV for some workout, but um, I know Michael J. Fox, for instance, he's from Canada. That J doesn't stand for anything. It's okay. just a J. That he added I've always wondered, why act. the hell do so many American people 
Yeah, they always ask you, what's your middle name? Yes. They, they always have, there's a so thing about middle names. For, okay, yeah. I never knew so that. So my kids have the same middle name, but it's just the initial at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. So I learned something yeah. today. <laughs> All the rules Absolute arbitrary, arbitrary information, but yeah. Yeah. I, I was really wondering about it. It made no sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Is your father Afrikaans, German, English? No, we're just Afrikaans. Okay. No, he was, um, how many... Third generation, second generation, okay. uh, third generation, I think. Yeah, no, he's totally Afrikaans. I would never say Langner is Afrikaans. But we said Langner. Okay. And there's still a lot of Langners in the Williston okay. district. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them. I love driving on country roads. And it's amazing how you see the clusters of farm names. Grootberg, Jan de Beer. Yeah. Two but, kilometers further, Houtkop. Carl de Beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's always the, 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 these yeah. clusters of surnames of yeah. how the families just kind of... Yeah, and it's very descriptive names as well because you will have in our area, our farm is Springer's Bay, but it's a very rich, um, water-rich farm. Oh, in the Karoo? Um, it has a underwater spring that seeps through to... So we actually have this water seeping, even in, in oh, drought. Word. We have always water on the farm and the piece of river, we have the uh, Suck River flowing through okay. the farm and that piece of the river is um, um, Stantown and what is it? It always yeah. have um, oh water word, in yeah. it. So th- and the, and the underground water, um, we have an area on the farm close to our house that has very strong underground water. Yeah. So if you have the borehole and the pump, if, it, if the wind blows, it shoots out the water. It doesn't dribble <laughs> out or it actually has this thick stream. So you don't al- always see that in the Karoo. And that's so in the middle of the Karoo. In the middle. Oh so God. it's almost like a little oasis. Yeah, and that's why like the, the, the original name of the farm is Springer's Bay. And the Afrikaans yeah. people always uh, they change it to Springer's Bay. But then we have a farm right next to us called Bordeaux, as in oh the French word, yeah. Bordeaux. So somehow that must be a must have been a French guy that and like, just spelt the French way, like, or has it like infiltrated the <laughs> Dutch people or something, and 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 gave that farm a name. And then the next farm is Klipkok, so that's a very Afrikaans, and it's has all these little rocky hills, oh, okay. and it's descriptive. And oh, then well. there's Giel Pits, so it's all. Descriptive yeah. names. My uncle had a farm in Sanin called Klipkop. Okay. And my mother yeah. always said to him, you are exactly like your like your farm name because he was a hard-headed Afrikaner <laughs> okay. man. Oh, so, man yeah. so you grew up, obviously, Afrikaans and Dutch Reformed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And were you strict in, churchgoers? In, Hika, in, Hika. in Hika. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yes, those days, yeah, everybody went to church on Sundays. And did Christianity resonate with you? What, were you? Were you a good Christian girl? Uh, well, yeah, I think you grew, you grow up in a environment or in a religion, and you just follow it because, yeah. as a kid, I mean, thinking of racism back then, you grew up in it. Yeah. You didn't think there was wrong or right or whatever. And with religion, it's the same thing. It was you don't, the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like when you're a kid, you don't think for yourself. You follow some yeah. somebody's example for a long time. No, we weren't taught to think for ourselves. Yeah, and then you suddenly, when you are in your 20s, you start thinking and you start meeting people and you go, wait a minute, is is that real? Yeah. And <laughs> how is that right? And how how could people say these things? And, you know, then you yeah. start really research and investigate. So obviously, yeah, I grew up in a, in a, um, the, the whole religion thing and we, 
we had a Sunday school and well our Sunday school was on Tuesdays because we um, we <laughs> okay. were a farming community I mean we didn't go to church every Sunday because you live 45 yeah. kilometers out of town so we would try and every second Sunday but if but Sunday school moved to Tuesday because we could all the farmers doesn't come in on a Sunday you only have those two days with your kids on the farm okay, and then yeah. you have to drive in on a Sunday again for some school <laughs> yeah. thingy so yeah, that didn't work. So, so Tuesdays was Sunday school. And were you in the boarding school? I okay. was in... From what age? Uh, from, um, nowadays it's grade one, sub A. So right from... Yeah, grade one. Yeah, I was seven because I'm a December baby. So I, okay. I, was, I just turned seven. <laughs> and if uh, my sister and I'm 16 months apart, so it, 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 my birthday worked like we would have gone to school together. And my dad said, there's no way. He's not putting two siblings in yeah. the same class but anyway so <laughs> I, I went Good so day. at seven I just turned seven I went to boarding school and luckily for me I'm the third child so my brother and sister was already okay. there so it made it I couldn't wait to go because I was sitting alone on the farm okay while they were having fun at school I was thinking anyway um so I went shock and horror <laughs> when shock you discovered yeah. what they actually did yes so went to boarding school and then my dad, he is a, was a farmer, obviously. And then um, as a young boy, he worked at the main co-op in town before he went farming. And so the person that ran that co-op suddenly died. And so they asked my dad to stand in while they're looking for somebody okay. to come work there. So this was when I was in grade four, standard two. And so my dad came and helped out and then eventually they decided he's so good at it that he must stay. Okay. And so then he became this this farmer that stayed in town for five days and then on weekends we'd go farm. So he was a weekend farmer. <laughs> he was a weekend farmer. So he had a very good uh, guy that that was on the farm the whole time that he could give okay. direction so farm to. manager from help. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, so then from uh, grade four, uh, we, my Parents moved to town and then I was oh, okay. out of boarding school. Oh, so, cool. yeah. So then I was one of the town kids and they, the town kids never had a good name. Ah. Somehow, because most of the kids was in yes. hostel. So the hostel kids sort of ganked up against the town okay. kids because we were like so, so, five so town you, kids. So you're in and suddenly you're out. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was just a joke. So at the end of the day, you know, in a small town like that, you all know each other and yeah. play together and sport. Was boarding school traumatic? Or was no, it okay no, it was I, fantastic. I think, I think with all these things, it's harder on the parents than on the children. Okay, yeah. Look, I mean, I was one of the naughty kids, so I was never allowed to go on a Wednesday. It was town day where you could take your pocket money and go buy stuff at town, but I was always blocked. <laughs> so I had to send the little ones with my money and say, go buy. So what type of things did you do? Were you just... We, um, you know, it's, it's more... Um, I mean, I was... Um, not in a good way, not in a, like there was no drugs and stuff like that those days in school. <laughs> but um, oh, just pranks on the teachers and stuff. Would you, you know. probably have been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD? Well, or? Th those days you didn't have those yeah. diagnoses, so I don't know, maybe. But I did fine in school academically. Okay. I wasn't, um, although we were only 10 in the class, so it was easy to be, say, in the top three. <laughs> 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 so I can always tell my kids... Oh, I was in the top three. <laughs> I have no idea how easy that was. That so they're not allowed to listen to this uh, podcast. Yeah. 
there wasn't such a academic pressure on kids yeah. those days. So my parents, when you pass, they go, oh, great, excellent, there you go, next grade. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like, life, oh, you have to be so good at stuff. So I think because of the academic pressure these days, now suddenly you have diagnoses as ADD and ADHD and da da da. And those yeah. days it was just the naughty kids yeah. and the non naughty and da da da. And kids that doesn't listen and ugh, whatever. You just had these different kids. But nowadays there's like. I think today's children diagnose. have such stress and pressure on them. It, and, it's really. Uh, oh God. No, absolutely. It's, it's really shame. I feel so sorry for them. Yeah, but so, it's also, you know, it, it comes from parenting as well. You have to. Look at uh, some parents want their kids to become the person that they weren't yes. on school in school, and you have to really think about it when when you start yeah. pressuring your kids about stuff. Like really, they different people. They're not you. I like that. Yeah. The whole thing. No, yeah. you can't live your life vicariously through your child. It's no, just not, no, and no. So many. You're right. So many parents try and to do that. And while you're alive, live your life the way you want to live. Exactly. Set yeah. the example rather than pushing them. Yeah. That you know? rugby child. That I, yeah. I got injured when I played for the first team so I couldn't live up to the provincial level now you have to do it so, yeah. I, can, so I can live that dream that I never had that's ridiculous no, yeah, exactly. so how did you end up in in Cape Town did you come and study now like you mean now no oh, before. so so the picture I get is you moved from the I farm studied, to Cape Town no I studied no. in Bloemfontein I studied photography oh my god when I left school yeah I didn't know so that. I, I Oh, I love and these things. We discover all these things about yeah. people you know. Now, I oh. went to study. Um, look, I mean, that's the other thing with the small town is you don't know what uh, career opportunities yeah. are out there because nobody comes to your school and say, oh, you, you know, this is a, a career opportunity or that or whatever. My so I was, you were, either, even the people who came told you you can be a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher. Yeah, so in Williston, you're yeah. a postmaster or a, a <laughs> doctor or a, a teacher. Teacher was always high on the list because that's what you see the whole day. Yeah. But um, I, I've always been very creative from when I can remember. And so I remember when I was around 13 or something, I asked my dad if I can get a camera, one of those old little film cameras. And so um, I got a one of those for Christmas oh and I couldn't stop taking pictures I just loved it but it's expensive because you have to buy film and yes. get it printed and so we didn't have a, a, a photo place oh, in our no. town so I had to go to Colvinia 120 kilometers away to get oh, my, my photos goodness. printed and sometimes I had to drive to Frierendal. Um that's like two three hundred kilometers away to just get my stuff printed oh, no and those yeah. were the days before the one hour or did they exist? Oh gosh, I can't even remember. I actually, I remember mailing, mailing my my roll yeah. of film to Fred and Dahl, and then they mail the photos back. And that's the, those that days at least the mailing system worked. Nowadays, but anyway, so I ended up um, deciding to go study photography oh, okay. in, and and Bloemfontein, Cape Town. The UCT, I think, had the Technicon there had photography, but it wasn't. Apparently as good as Bloemfontein's okay. uh, course. So, and my brother was already at Copsies and my sister was at the Technicon at Bloemfontein already. So I ended up going there. So okay. I, yeah, so two years of photography. Then I was in Uppington working for a photographer there. And then this good friend of my dad, his son studied medical. So he ended up becoming the doctor in town. He's still Dr. Quiz. He's still the doctor <laughs> there. So when... Dr. Kuis decided to come open a practice in, in Williston. He contacted my dad and said, listen, does your daughter not want to come help me set up this practice? 
And I was in, in Uppington living on the bread line because photography wasn't playing yes. while it's creative. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm like, okay, you know what? I do need more money. So yeah. I moved back to my hometown, stayed with my parents. I didn't have to pay accommodation. Oh. Saved up for three years. I saved up money to go overseas and do the typical two-year work oh, holiday okay. thing. And that's how I ended up overseas. <laughs> okay, so that's yeah. how you end up in London. Yeah. So now you're a Platlands girl in the big city of Bloemfontein. Yeah, I know. And um, did, did, was there a cultural shock or, or were you... No, I, you know, I think when you're young, you, I don't know, I'm, I'm as na in nature, I'm very adventurous. So I, I always, I don't see it as an anxiety okay. attack. Just this big adventure I'm that's like, not happening. I can't wait to see what's going to happen type thing. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, no, so it was fine. And it always helped me that my brother and sister yeah. was already there. So it wasn't like I was moving in with my sister in her flat or whatever. I went to my own hostel, but cool. I knew she was somewhere in, yeah. in the city. And so I think that always helped. But then when I went overseas, that was all by myself. And the people in Williston said to me, how am I going to cope? Because you can't speak English. And I go... <laughs> Are you and serious? I, and, you I, and, speak... I said, and I said, but I can understand it. Because obviously we had TV in yeah. Dallas and all that program. <laughs> so we understood English, but we didn't speak it. And I said, as long as I can understand it, I think I'll, I'll be fine. So I packed my bags and I, when I went overseas. And then the people that I went to work for in London, they had a holiday home in Wales. So they picked me up at Heathrow and literally left my bag in their car and said, they're just going to pick up their bags because we're going to the holiday house. It was actually a castle in Wales. <laughs> I got in Wales and I realized, oh my head. Everybody was right. I cannot understand English. <laughs> I have no idea what these people are I speaking. I can imagine. Oh my God. And Talk then, about the culture shock. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a bit of a... Uh, when I'm like, what? Excuse me? Pardon me? The whole time. This is, was my line the whole time because I couldn't understand what the... And your host said. family? Could you at least understand them? I could understand okay, them cool. because Hallelujah. they were yeah. from London. So, okay. so they had to translate to the... <laughs> Welsh was not for me anyway. So they thought, oh my God, luckily we, we employed was, this brain dead girl yeah. from Africa. Yeah, I know. But luckily when we got back to London, I was like, okay, now, now I get it. I, I do understand. You prove you're not, oh, yeah. you're not brain dead. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. And where did you stand spiritually at that, st that stage of your life? Did you continue going to church? Um, you know what? I, um, I'm trying to think now if I did, because I don't think I did, but I was, I did have my Bible and I had this ritual of, going to bed, praying, reading Bible, da, da, da. But I had a lot of uh, religious questions already at that time. Okay. I, I, even before I left South Africa, I was like, you know what, the bigger picture here, what is the bigger picture? Okay. You know, I already started thinking about things like that. So it bugged me okay. quite a bit that I, I'm in this routine because I grew up with this yes. routine. Does it make sense to me okay. as a person? Because I'm a very realistic kind of person, and I, I love science. So for me, it was uh, there was there was already questions. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, and then we married a computer scientist. Well, met Willem. <laughs> you met him in London. I met him in London. He was um, doing his PhD in, in Manchester. Oh, okay. Because he wanted to be on Old Trafford every Saturday because Manchester United was his team. But anyway, <laughs> oh, so are you then, serious? Yeah, yeah. That's why he, that's why he went <laughs> so to much, do, So much so for, of, for, for an intellectual decision to make about Yes, so his intellectual decision was soccer. <laughs> but anyway, so I met him in London in the house where I lived 
we were at some point like 14 South Africans in that house. So oh, he really? knew some of the people in the house. Okay. So he would come visit them and, and that's how we met. But anyway, meeting him and talks about religion and the bigger picture and all that sort of sorted my mind out about it. So, <laughs> you know, I would say we're not... Uh, I don't... Uh, my kids... Uh, I, I give them a choice. I say to them, a religion is a choice. And you must pick what you want. Cool. It, it's, it's not something that you must push a kid into. Awesome. Um, they talk about spiritual abuse these days. Yeah. When you force your child to believe something that they don't necessarily yeah, want to. So, and it's a real thing. You, 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 mm. you have children who really struggle with the fact that they've been abused in that regard. Yeah, so but, at school, the, the two days ago, we had a parent night, so we had to fill in because they have a praise and worship period on, on a Monday, I think, if you want your kid to go to praise and worship. and I, or, or if you're okay with your kid going to praise and worship. And I, I said, everybody said yes, basically. It's all religious, uh, the whole school. But anyway, I said yes, if he wants to. Ah, and I was the only one writing if yeah. he wants to. But then it turns out one of his extra classes is in that period. So I'm like, okay, oh, no, cool. go, <laughs> go to your extra class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that solves yeah. that one. How old are your children now? 13. Liam's turning 14 end of the oh month. My yeah, God. Uh, he'll be 14 now. And Danny is 11. She's turning 12 in April. But am I correct? Danny is 11 going for 21. She, yeah, no, she's, she's a very she's mature, very, very mature. wise, very yeah, wise crack. <laughs> yep. Yeah, very witty. Um, she gets sarcasm. And does she have the choice as well to either attend or not? Oh to yeah, attend. yeah. Willem was in her class, so I don't know. I think he said just yes. Um, okay. We had to split up for the two kids, but um, yeah, we give them the choice. We said, listen, if you don't want to, okay. just say I don't want it and go do something creative or something cool. else. So they're in the same school. They are. Okay. They're in Beaumont, yeah. Cool. Mm. Oh, I thought... Liam was in Fairfazer, but we moved him. Okay, I thought, I thought they were in the work. Oh, they started off in the work. Okay. But, but yet again, that was way too Afrikaans militaristic for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and for the kids as well, Danny was the one that wanted to move. And oh, so okay. she um, she said she wanted to be in a more... She, doesn't, she never felt at home, sort of. Look, I mean, these kids are Americans to begin with. Yeah. Um, and... They never, the whip is very Afrikaans, um, very Afrikaans um, sort of, they push Afrikaans quite a lot and the sort of the morals and values of the Afrikaans people yeah. are getting uh, shove up your throat the whole time. <laughs> so anyway, um, so nothing wrong with it if you're Afrikaans, yeah. then that school is brilliant. Because you guys speak English with the children. We do, am I, am I yeah, yeah. Quickly, let's backtrack a little bit. How the hell did you end up in America? Well, okay, so that was Willem. So he PhD um, and he's in IT. So he finished the PhD in Manchester. Manchester. And as cool. he was finishing it up, he got contacted by NASA to and asked if he want to come work for them because he was in a field that was very specific and it, it's a small field and they needed people in that field. So they contacted him. Note and two things. The first one is NASA. Not NASA. <laughs> the NASA, Amer the yeah. American coming through quite nicely. Yeah. And the same, second thing is, this is a South African being recruited to NASA. Yes. That's huge. Yeah, that's exactly. awesome. I think that's yeah. wonderful. It was. And anyway, so then he asked me, he came to me and says, oh, what should I do? And I go, what? You go. Exactly. You don't say no, no to that. But anyway, um, now they're on total shutdown and nobody's getting paid at NASA for 25 days already or 26, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, oh shit, I never thought about that. Yeah, cool. no, nobody's... Yeah, it's crazy. All those NASA friends we have now, they like... They're having to start entrepreneurial businesses or something because it's expensive to live in Silicon Valley. You can't go without a salary there. Oh my God. Anyways, working at NASA and then um, he was at... He was there for, what, eight years? And then two years he worked for a startup. And yeah, ten years, and then we came back. Why yeah. did you come back? Well, we never went there to emigrate. We never... Okay, so the, we never, was never. The, the idea was never to stay there forever. Um, we love the winelands in South Africa. We love this whole Stalamosh, Somerset, West area. He grew, he grew up in He grew up in the Strand. Okay, yeah. in the Strand, yes. And, um, and he always said that if he can have a, a nice post in, in Stellenbosch at the university, he would come back for that. And that came up a year before we came back. They That's approached fabulous, him yeah. for this. And then he said, well, can you wait a year? Because we needed to wait a year so that we could get our American okay. citizenships. Because 10 years and you get yeah. citizenship. So we waited for that. And we literally had our citizenships in our hands and, <laughs> and came back. Green card in the pocket, the yeah. flight, green card in one pocket, the flight ticket in the other. Yeah, yeah. Are you allowed to have dual citizenship yes, in South Africa yeah, still? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the green cards you get after five years, well, in because of Willem, he's, he fall, fell under uh, advanced research or something. And okay. if you're in that category, you, you get your green card faster. Okay. So he got his green card, and then five years after green card, you get citizenship. Okay. So, yeah, and the kids were born there, so they automatically got citizenship. Awesome. We had to apply here for them for citizenship in South Africa okay. with our birth certificates okay. and things. So can you guys vote Yeah. in the American we, elections? We can, we can. And there's okay. actually an online voting system, but it's complicated, so I haven't tried okay. <laughs> <laughs> technology. <laughs> yeah. As an American, American citizen, what is your opinion about the government, governance in America at the oh moment? Oh my gosh, yeah, no. We, you're, you're happy? No. <laughs> well, okay. like, how, how can anybody shut down a government? How do you shut it down? And, I mean, it's ridiculous. How many times think? was the government shut down with Obama? Twice? Or This is apparently the longest in history. Yeah, I don't but but know. I, I remember it was shut down. Was it was it? for I very short period, periods of time. Yeah, just a day or two. I, I don't remember. Know, I remember one time. But I mean, here you have now a whole month of people not yeah. getting salaries that they have to pay mortgages and children school fees and what what. And was a man too arrogant to negotiate? Yeah, and that's because to, he needs to build a wall yeah. because of his own arrogance. <laughs> and nobody even. Oh. Yeah, nobody wants this uh, bloody wall except for him. I love I love watching American politics. It oh, is, gosh. Yeah, Yaku got me into it. I don't even think he realizes that, I, that I'm getting into it. Do you watch the it. Daily Show? Oh no, I, I just I just read News 24 and I follow quite a lot of politically minded people on Twitter. Yeah. And that that's the main reason why I'm on Twitter is for politics. I find South African politics really interesting. Yeah. And I'm really starting to get into American oh, but American politics as, as, as well. We're having some uh, news breaks today about this. Mm, uh, the, mm, the Zondo Commission. Zondo Commission, yeah. I'm loving it. No, no, there was it. just, a, before I got here, another... Another bombers. Bomb okay, so, so yeah. I've got some news to read during my, my lunchtime. Yeah, absolutely. So now you get back to South Africa mm. and you're effectively Americans coming into Afrikaner Valley, yes. Christian Valley. Yeah. That <laughs> how, was, how did that work that, for you? Uh, quite a struggle because when we um, had to apply 
for school for the kids. This was now preschool, so they weren't in, in primary school yet. Every school, the number one thing it says about the school is this is a Christian-based school. Then it's something else. Then it's academics. Then it's sport. Then it's whatever. So yeah. the categories was just the wrong way around for me. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to see that they focus on academics yeah. or in, in the preschool, like lots of play. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Play and integration and all that. And it was always this big Christianity thing at the top. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't think we have a choice here. Yeah. And, you know, and I would say to my kids, just pretend you're Christians <laughs> because you also don't want... Look, I mean, I respect religion. I respect... Yeah, my whole family is Christians, quite heavy Christians. And when we visit them, we pray at the table. We all hold hands. We do... The, respect we, that, yeah. we respect their uh, rituals and whatever. And we... If they want to read the Bible Christ, uh, Christmas Day or whatever, we sit and listen and respect it. So um, we had a long conversation with our family about how we don't mind them being religious, but they should also respect no. the fact that we don't get so it. So respect goes both and, ways. And, you know, and they tried for a long time to swing us. And I said, it's not going to work because I don't get it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and once you don't get it, I, I thought I, I yeah. had it. And well. I realized I never had it. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not for me. I'm too much of a realist. The day um, that I, I, I thought to myself, I don't understand the Holy Trinity. You get the lost day in that it. I, get, I don't understand the Holy Trinity. Was kind of, oh my God, I actually don't get religion. I don't it, get I, it. I could not understand it. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously my kids are not religious because I think you always take the example of your parents but they know at least if they one day decide to be a do Buddhism or yeah. whatever they, it's a free it's your freedom of and choice you, and you will respect that that, that choice yeah, that they yeah. make. but as long as people respect that I just can't it's not yeah. my vibe I just can't do it um, I'm happy with anybody do what they do yeah and um, you being gay, I tell um, my kids, people should just let people love each other. How bad is that? Yeah, if love people, knows no color, it doesn't yeah, know sex, I don't understand this whole obsession about yeah. gay rights and gay this and gay that. I tell people, they just want to love each other. How bad yeah. is that? Worry about the people that want to kill each other the whole day. <laughs> Very much so, I love don't that. worry about people trying to love each other. Yeah, okay. I'm going to end with two things, mm -hmm. three things. I want to thank you. There's a big thank you on the <laughs> way for you, for something you will go, actually going to freak out. You and Willem opened my eyes to something amazingly in my life. Really? Yes. What? <laughs> when I got to know you guys, I was fresh in recovery, and I got to know you guys through Yaku. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I arrived at you guys, and you are these wine connoisseurs, and you would off, always offer me wine. And it suddenly dawned on me one day, this is awesome because these people think of me as Freddie, not as Freddie the alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And that helped me to actually think of myself as Freddie, who's an alcoholic. I'm not defined as an alcoholic. Oh. And you guys brought that to the fore, so thank you very much. Oh, you're I really, welcome. I really I... appreciate that. The you're other thing that you taught us, and Yaku quotes you a lot on this, is you used to rip wines. Yes. Both in America and here, am I correct? Yes, yeah. And you said one day that you get really difficult clients and they're rude and they're obnoxious and they mm. whatever. 
and you've learned that just don't take it personally yep. and don't you move on yeah. and that also resonates with both me and Jaco is as people we tend to take shit really personally and don't. just yeah. so we quote you on that a lot we've, we've got <laughs> this friend who taught us to not take stuff personally yeah. so you didn't know you had this impact on our lives but, mm. but you really do oh, and well, then thanks. what the hell was the third thing I must never say what's with clients as well I say I need to have two things to discuss with you and oh, fuck I can't remember that <laughs> Now, what was the third one? It Yes, it is you starting a podcast. Oh, yes. And <laughs> it is on wine. Yep. I want to promote the wine industry a little bit. Oh. And do you have an idea what you're going to, to call it? So let's do your first advertising campaign right here, right now. Well, um, I'll tell you what I will call it um, because I sort of have no choice but I lived in the same house in Silicon Valley as the person that started Gmail at Google when the Gmail program came into effect yeah. at, at Google she was on the on the board Sylvie they also live now in Stellenbosch and she had to do a test run for the G- Sylvie that I know yes. as well oh my god are you serious yes. so that's small as the world she had to do a test run on Gmail email so so for 20 days, they had to just take emails from friends or create Gmails from friends and test it before okay. they launched yeah. it. So we were the test emails. So I, I could have been Amanda at Gmail, but I decided, oh gosh, that's such a, a, a name that you get everywhere in the world. Yeah. I don't want to get that kind of spam. I decided to be wine for me with a number four in the middle. Okay. And so I've always been wine for me at Gmail. And now with my podcast, I'm actually going to be a wine for me podcast. Awesome. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. So I met a woman who is 72 years old now. And she's a qualified psychologist. But she's always been interested in mass intercultural communication. That was kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. And in the late 70s, she resigned as a psychologist and she got an opportunity to work for a startup in the Silicon Valley. And she was instrumental in the start of the internet. My goodness. Isn't that fabulous? You can meet such amazing people. Every time I look at them, I think, does she know what impact she had on the world? Does she realize that? Yeah, but you meet these kind of people in Silicon Valley all the time. It's, it's ridiculous. I've met so many people that's retired because they were at the right place at the right yeah. time. Like the eBay. Before eBay uh, became the real big yeah. thing, the person that did their admin, suddenly they went public and the next moment yeah. the admin person retires and never have to work again. Exactly. <laughs> I was with a financial services company that also listed while I was there and we all got shares. Mm-hmm. And I also sat for the first few days watching how my net worth just increased and increased and increased 1 million, 1.5 oh. million, 2 million, Sorry. and then the market crashed. Oh, and no. <laughs> because they they were preferential shares, so we couldn't sell them yet. Oh, you okay. had to hold them for a certain oh, okay. So it's the most frustrating oh, thing to ads, see. Yeah. I'm a millionaire today, the, the, the next time I'm not. Yeah, and then something. eventually end up with when you could sell them. I think I sold them for 10,000 bucks or something. It was worth nothing. 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 nothing oh, nothing. man. Yeah, I know. That's so sad. how sad is that? Is. But anyway, <laughs> so 
This was wonderful. Thank I you. really, really enjoyed Thank the you. chat. And now I'm going to... The reason why Amanda's actually here is we had a kind of a training session about podcasts because I'm just guiding on how to do our own podcast. So now I'm going to show her how to edit it. So let's get to right. the editing. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I really you appreciate your time. Appreciate Look after you. yourself. Appreciate you too. Right. The questions are answered. We now know a bit more about Amanda's physical and spiritual journeys. My favorite part of this chat was when she said that people are too obsessed about love and not enough about killing other people. That summarized Amanda's spirituality for me in one sentence. It's about open-mindedness, acceptance and love. Nothing more, nothing less. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or Freddy van Rensburg or on Twitter at at Rensburg Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Amanda for her time in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Please watch out on iTunes and other podcast sites for Wine for Me. If and when her website and or her Facebook pages are up and running, I shall share it on here. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.